What does it take to be an entrepreneur and how is it changing in our ever-evolving business landscape? This is Scott Galloway, host of the Prop G Podcast and an entrepreneur myself. Right now, we've got a special three-part series running all about the future of entrepreneurship. We're answering your questions on work-life balance, how to raise capital for your business and more. Because when you're an entrepreneur, it's always important to look ahead at what's to come. So tune in to the future of entrepreneurship of Prop G Pod, special sponsored by Mercury. You can find it on the Prop G Pod feed or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, guys? Kels Charles and Megan Murray here, and you are listening to Girls Talking Boys in partnership with SB Nation. As always, hello. Hello. Happy Friday. I walked out of the store with all of the white cloth flavors possible. So I'm winning. Are you winning? Um, I'm winning. And here's what I was, here's why I'm winning. Mainly because I'm friends with you and you keep me cool. Um, I was very unaware that Topo Chico was coming out with a seltzer. And then there's some other seltzer that you texted me about today that I need to try. And then apparently White Claw has more seltzers that I also was unaware of. And so like all the things I need to try this weekend. Yeah, you're the iced tea queen. There, there's a whole uh, iced tea White Claw pack. Wow. Yeah. I had none clues. I didn't start there because I was like, I don't know if I'm ready. Yeah. Um, but you know, I'm trying my first strawberry. Tastes like strawberry. So we're going to give it a thumbs up. I like it. Are you one of those that like, doesn't like the lemon and lime white claws typically? I like lemon and lime, but so this one, the strawberry one is very much like the raspberry to me. Just like with a little slightly different aftertaste. Schnozberries taste like schnozberries. Schnozberries taste like schnozberries. Hmm. Well, we have decided and by we, I mean me and I forced myself upon my dear friend Megan that we're going to have a tasting, official tasting of these beverageinos on Girls Talking Boys coming live from her patio next week. Or wait, not next week, the week after. <laughs> not the week after, the week after that. Okay, <laughs> we'll do it some point. <laughs> well, these won't be here by the time that happens, but we'll go get new ones. <laughs> Deal. Um, all right, so we have a really cool show for you guys this week. Um, one of my friends and she's just so cool like Ali Ali Reddick she she's amazing and she is the owner founder of athlete relations she is a lifestyle manager just all around badass for a bunch of really great athletes um in the she's industry. basically like the female version of that show ballers I just honestly I think she's the coolest and as I had a smaller scale and like less strippers involved but you know yeah you never know like she's <laughs> so cool so we sit down and talk with her um, here in a minute. That interview is coming up, and just you know what she does, some fun stories, how she's navigated the pandemic, um, just really interesting side of the industry that maybe a lot of people aren't privy to. So um, cool insight there. But you know, I know we had free agency signings, and I'm sure every other show you listen to is going to talk about that. But I just have something really important that I want to discuss with you, Megan. And that is Dak's ankle in the fishing photo because apparently looking sick. Apparently, this is a topic of discussion that I was not aware of, and it is hilarious. Uh, 
So well, you- yeah. So yeah, go, go get the lowdown, please. We were ta- we were talking about the picture. Well, we like we have a Instagram group chat. We sent the picture, and they're like, "Oh, that looks like so much fun! Like, what a cool vacation! They look like they're having a great time." And then I go on Twitter, and I was like, "Look, I know how I we were all talking about how fun that looks, but Twitter is talking about Dax's ankle. <laughs> like, that's like didn't dawn on me for one second to look at his ankles." So. Chris Young, the musician, there's another music. Uh, he looks like he could be a freaking line, lineman. He looks like an O-lineman, yes. Yeah. And he's a big Cowboys fan. I actually had him on my other show a couple weeks ago. And it was him, Lyle Collins, and Dak, Dak's brother. Like, it, they, there was a whole crew, right? And they went down to Louisiana, which makes sense because those two Cowboys players from Louisiana. And, well, and that they've gone out with this, like, real fishing guy before. Yeah. Yeah. So they went fishing. And... I was like, well, would you look at that? I was like, look at gang, 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 right? And <laughs> like Megan said, like, what goes? Yeah, we're over here like thinking like they're having just a good time and it's just a cute little fishing photo. And then the internet is like, look at his thick ankles though. Thick <laughs> with two C's. And like, you're like, he's on, he's on his tippy toes. Like I literally- It's like it. my entire feed was just like, Dax ankles, like a million exclamation points. Like- ankle looking good oh he's standing on his tippy toes like you know it's real (laughs) it was hysterical good morning to everyone especially Dak's thick ankle (laughs) Frankie J (laughs) and then I will say they look in top form I I mean literally on further investigation from everyone bringing it up they do like Jerry Jones's yacht captain is the guy's username on Twitter not his actual yacht. he's pretty funny he literally said, Dak standing on his tiptoes. What is this magic? How is his ankle still attached? Um, so I just yeah. need to know if you were going to partake in said overreaction to Dax, or is it? Is it, is it an overreaction to his thick ass ankles? I think we're all bored. <laughs> because, like, I mean, that is certainly not the first thing that I noticed that's not anything that I noticed period but I'm glad everyone else had a lot of fun with it like I could just tell that everyone was a little like online that day you know it was you can tell when people are just like really on Twitter yeah they're like we're gonna just we're gonna be in this together and like I don't know what we're gonna come up with but it's gonna be some shit and we're gonna ride it out hard y'all yeah and my god they did I, I appreciated it too. And I remember saying it to you and I didn't really give too much context with it. And you were just like, oh no. Cause like the first thing you think of is people are going off about Dak's ankle. Like what are they, what are they being mean? Like yeah, the initial reaction. Right yeah. No, yeah. they weren't being mean, but uh, it was very funny to me. <laughs> it was a celebration of Dax. It really was. I People are getting lit. People are, you guys, I just need you guys to go onto Twitter and search Dak Ankle and laugh. Yeah. It is a genuine topic of- And then go look at Lael's p- photos because you can see, yeah. looking thick, Look, looking looking healthy. Looking healthy and thick. It's no cankle. It, there's no it's not cankle. swollen. It looks strong. Yeah. That's like when someone tells me if they call me thick, they're like, no, it's a good thing. And I'm like, don't ever call me that ever again. But like, I appreciate you telling me it's a good thing because I needed that context. So it is a good thing. <laughs> They were saying these ankles are thick in this regard. 
Um, Never talk about me. Period. Yeah. Don't ever. Yeah. <laughs> don't care what you say. Don't talk about me. <laughs> oh no, I especially I, not my ankles. <laughs> yeah, literally. I swear, to, if I ever get a cankle, I'm a freak out. Like, can you get liposuction on your ankle? On your ankles? Is that a thing? Well, if you ever get pregnant, God bless you because you won't see them anyways, but they'll be there. Oh God, no, I can't even think about that. Um, yeah. Anyway. Facts of life. That's why I said. I don't want to hear how skinny my ankles are one day and then someday down the line I have cankles and I'm pregnant. I don't want to hear it. Literally, women are amazing. And if you think otherwise, then I can't help you. <laughs> That's a fact. Um, well, speaking of amazing women, I alluded to it earlier. And I'm going to stop discussing the lack of cankles on Dak. <laughs> but glad that you know everyone has their opinions. And um, bring in... Allie Reddick from Athlete Relations, really fun interview, like I mentioned, cool behind the scenes look at the industry and a different part of it. And um, I want are, her to plan my birthday. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, like, I was just, if you, if, not an athlete though, so. If you are an athlete and you listen to the show, because I feel like we have 50 million of them, we are the number one podcast, right? Um, you should totally call her because she's awesome and we'll put <laughs> you up and take care of you. So without further ado, Allie Reddick, wow, Allie Reddick with Athlete Relations. Joining us now, we have Ali Reddig from Athlete Relations. Ali, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, guys. So fun to have you. I, I was telling Meg this, and I think she's probably seen us interact before, but I really do feel like you are my New Orleans spirit animal. Um, and we were just talking about this off, off the line before I hit record and how we both have an affinity for the vintage things and peacock chairs and all of the things of that nature. So and obviously sports too. So it kind of works out to <laughs> full circle. Pretty absolutely. well-rounded. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I was going to say, it's not just one avenue there. There's quite a few things going on. <laughs> Every time we talk on Instagram, we respond and we're like, of course we're the same thing. Or, Literally. You're doing this. Yes. Like, of course you're doing that. I have similar instances with Meg. So it just works. It makes sense. Like we're, I, I feel like we're kind of a little bit of a trio. Um, and when Mardi Gras is back, in action next year we'll get to actually make it happen in person so i'm looking forward to that yeah it's gonna be it's gonna be the best mardi gras ever because now like i said we've got this little pad to come back to and make it our little home base it's gonna be awesome i'm looking forward to it um so i want to dive into kind of you know what you do because i i obviously met you through what we do for our jobs and um you know being that i work in sports marketing i've done some work with athletes before but that is quite literally what your company is called athlete relations. And you are, you know, you manage your lifestyle manager for these athletes. And I'd kind of love to dive into what that means, because I think that's one of the things that I've, I've noticed about a working in sports. There's so many different avenues that you can go down, you know, and I don't think, and I think your story is really interesting because you identified an, an arena that, that really was kind of untapped. Mm -hmm. And um, I think it goes to show that a, you don't, if you want to be working in sports, and I, say, I guess like even from a female perspective, working in sports, you don't just have to be on camera, yeah. you know, and, and B, you don't have to subscribe to the, if it's a job that exists, that's the only thing I can do. And you can yeah. kind of build a role for yourself and be really successful because your clientele is impressive. And so you've obviously identified a need and filled it. So I'm going to stop talking about it because I just think you're the coolest, but I'd love for you to dive into like athlete relations and what you do and how this came to be. 
No, that was super flattering. Thank you. Uh, makes me feel really good. Um, so athlete relations, like you said, manage it. We manage, um, we do social media management, lifestyle management, like the whole nine yards, but the lifestyle management component specifically, I think is kind of where it gets a little like generic. So I try to explain that part the most. Um, so lifestyle management is like I said, just as generic and just as broad as it sounds. Cause it really depends on like where the clients are in their life personally, professionally, um, you know, are they a rookie? Are they a vet? Do they have a family? Are they single? Do they have kids? Are they living with their, like, you know, sometimes they have a brother or a sibling or something that stays with them, whatever it, there's so many moving pieces. And obviously, as you guys can attest to or imagine, whatever it's like, no two are the same, no matter what. So really we custom make, I guess, packages, you would say for them based on all of those things and really like what they need. So, you know, you can have somebody that's like a rookie and he's just coming in the league and we're literally just helping him kind of navigate that space, who you should be hiring on, who you should be working with. And we kind of act as like a funnel with all of those people, like bringing them down into like a streamlined communication with the athlete. Um, so there's not a million people in their ear at once and getting them overwhelmed. Right. Um, and then two, obviously, if somebody's let's say a little bit more of like a vet, they're married, they have kids, whatever. We're doing a little bit more of like the day-to-day -day management, making sure again, that they get where they need to be. They know who they should be working with and doing, you know, travel booking, you know, in uh, something simple as dinner reservations, but we have partnerships with all of those things, right? So restaurant chains, hotel groups, you name it, we've got partnerships. So we are utilizing those to one, not only, save the guys money. I mean, that's first and foremost is trying to make sure that they're utilizing their dollars and spend in the best way possible, but two, kind of getting to see where they want to take that into like their life after football. So like, for example, if one guy is really big into travel, we're going to start pushing those travel partnerships or hotel partnerships or things like that to kind of look into like what that's going to look like on the longer term, especially after they're done playing. Um, and then it can bleed into really anything. Like you want to take your kids to the zoo, we'll get you free tickets. Like you uh, just got traded, you need to move. Like we're handling the entire move and we'll find your kids new schools. Like you name it. Um, youth football camps, charity events. We do engagements. Like I do a lot of proposals. It's like something that I've for some reason done the most of probably. That's um, so those are like fun things that we get to do with them. But like I said, it really is just like customized to you know each player individually and like where they're at in their career and in their personal life wow um that's a lot and what was like the most baller trip you've ever set up I was gonna say I feel like you have stories yeah I do have a lot of stories actually it's cool though because I get to like I start like doing trips for them and I'm like oh like this is on my bucket list now and I'll like add it on there or something um we used to do a lot, obviously COVID, like just put all of that away, but we used to do a lot in like Trinidad, like some cool, like, um, I can't remember what the, um, it's like Mardi Gras for us is like, there's a festival there for them. And I can't remember the name of it, but we used it's to do carnival. Is that right? It might be. Yeah. It might just be carnival, which is Mardi Gras too. But, um, the, the one that's there is like, I mean, super cultural, really cool. So we're doing like outfits for it and stuff. So like, that was fun. Fun. Um, all the fun like island ones like any of the ones that get like the cool like huts and stuff on the water I'm like I always like doing those um that's like Turks and Caicos and all of those um I've done Bali I've also been to Bali which is amazing um what are some other like good ones I honestly there's some really cool domestic travel that we've done just because I mean like if you and I are going to like let's say Vegas right, right. like we're gonna go we're gonna book a hotel we're gonna go with our friends we're gonna have fun clients going to Vegas, like you're seeing a whole nother side of it. That's just like, this is sweet. Like I want to go on a Vegas trip like this. So like getting to book things like 
that you're like, I've been to these places, but I've never seen it like that. Like it's just a whole nother world. Like same with Miami, obviously New York, I'm from Chicago. So I always like booking Chicago trips and getting to show them like the full, you know, experience. Um, so definitely, and same with LA, I lived in LA for a long time. So getting to show them around that, those kind of cities that I love, um, and obviously here too now. Um, although I've not done a new Orleans itinerary for a client yet, because I think that I would just be like tour guide 101. <laughs> I was gonna say, you should call Megan Murray when you do that. She has, I'm, I'm dead serious. Whenever I'm going somewhere, I literally text Megan. Like I was booking something. I was going to go, go to Austin in a few weeks in Frederick. I used to live in Austin. And I'm sort of texting Megan, like, hey, what are some spots that are like cool these days? And she's like, yeah. oh, here's a massive list. Here's like, the list. I like to stay abreast of like all the basic shit that I should do. And then also like the local divey things that I need to yeah. do. So I should have texted you. We went to Austin for New Year's. I should have texted you and gotten a list. Although I texted a few other girls, two of which were in the sports industry. One lives there and she gave me a great recommendation list. So I should not say that yeah. I was going in blind by any means, yeah. but next time I'll reach out. <laughs> oh, for sure. I got you. Definitely need to. Love so it. it feels like your job is, you know, again, sports hours are so non-traditional anyways. I always joke. I'm like, you know, my Instagram is really cool, but I am at the game seven hours prior and three hours after, right? And, it, and, yeah. and working on weekends is a very typical thing. Nights, we're working right now. It's a Thursday night. So are you just always on and like, how do you balance that? Because it, I mean, it is a lot, I'm sure. Yeah, it's definitely a lot. Um, literally as I'm sitting here with you guys texting, like a client just texted me and I was responding to something like it never, like, there's no way for me to just be like, I'll text you back in an hour and let you know, like, it doesn't work yeah. like that. Um, so I honestly like, thank God for cell phones, right? Like that's such a stupid thing to say, but like, I would have to sit in front of my computer all day if it wasn't for it. So like, you know, when I'm at like dinner or if I'm like on even like, I mean, I've taken like obviously personal travel and like done that. Like I will just keep my phone on me. And usually, and like, I'm lucky because a lot of my clients and their families, like we've gotten so close with them that like, if I tell them like, Hey, and I'll send them a text and be like, Hey, FYI, we're going on vacation from this day to this day. If you need me, of course, still call me. But I think they usually, if I give them enough of a heads up, we can get enough stuff done the week before that, you know, it can be a little bit you know, lower key, I would say not low key, uh, lower key. Um, so it's really just a matter of like kind of pacing myself. Um, I also like, I've been, like I said, I've been working in the NFL space for long enough now that I kind of know the ebbs and flows of the season. So I know like everybody laughed because my wedding is the, it's now two weeks because we have a 17 week schedule, but normally it would have been the week before Super Bowl, And everyone's like, are you insane? And I'm like, no, because honestly out of all of that time that's my least busy week because everything's already booked by then and all I'm doing is getting ready for travel which I can do in five minutes so like I know enough to be able to do stuff like that so really it's just like I said like pacing yourself and like learning like when you're going to be busy and when you're not and of course things always come up but as long as like I said as long as I'm accessible like it it really is just like manageable from my phone and I think that there's always going to be like an understanding like hey if you need that if it's not an emergency and I get it back to you in a couple hours like no one's gonna be mad about that by any means yeah that makes sense so I want to talk about you know the story of how athlete relations came to be if you don't mind sharing yeah. more of that because I know again I'm very entrepreneurial spirited and I just think this is the coolest thing and I love how you just seize the opportunity and made it your own so I would love to get that story from you because I just think it's so interesting. Yeah, for sure. So I always joke that it was like kind of a happy accident, which it doesn't. 
it wasn't. I just think that it was something that like I worked. I don't even think I realized I, what I was working towards, to be honest. I was just working so hard in that space, thinking like whatever my next opportunity is, is going to be amazing. And then this space opened up for me to be able to do it on my own, right? Like, I mean, we've talked about this before, like how you and I have clicked and everything, but like, I'm just such a people person. Like I talk to people wherever I go and I get to know them and I remember them. And it's like, if I can do that with networking and I can do that with potential clients and I can do it with partners and I can do it with all this stuff, like why not bring it all together for my own, my own people, right? And like a lot of the agencies, I would say like, there's some agencies that are so good, clients first, no question, want to make sure that they're taken care of. And there's other ones that don't do a great job with that, right? And I've worked at both. So the ones that I would work at where it was like the clients didn't come first, it was more like, hey, my C- the CEO needs coffee, go get it. And I'm like, I'm literally head of your athlete relations department. Like, go, do you have an assistant? Like, no. And like, I'm literally in the middle of booking a flight that takes off in two hours for a client. I don't care any coffee. Well, like I can't operate that way. Like my client is going to come before a coffee break. Like, right. And just like, I knew that, like I said, with all the things that I already had going and like the connections that I had, and then jumping into the fact that like, I knew value wise, like I wanted to have a really ethically run business, especially in sports, things can get so messy and ugly and slimy and people owe each other favors. And it's this, and that. I was like, I'm not doing it. Like, we're going to do this the right way. Like, it's hard to find a place that you can work in that capacity with those values. You know what I mean? So it's like, you almost have to make it on your own and take the, like I said, all the things that I had already worked towards. And I was like, I'm just going to try this and see what happens. Yeah. That's awesome. I, I, yeah. I, that was just, I thought that was just so cool because I think you're right. I mean, I talked to Meg about this a lot. Like I, I love this industry but sometimes it can beat you down. Like if you're on social media and you can see people are just nasty to you or, you know, like the way people can, it's, it's really easy to do the wrong thing because it's the easiest thing to do or, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Like you said, like owing people favors. And, you know, and I think also when you're dealing with, with these guys that are so high profile and gals, I'm sure you, you know, you're, you are open to all sorts of clients, but it's, it's difficult to find people that you trust. Yeah. And that was one of the biggest things that I noticed in the, in the league when I came in is that once you hit a certain level and you start making money, then all these people start coming out of the woodworks and you know, you don't know, you don't know like who should be managing your money. And then like, why this like second cousin from 10 years ago is finally reaching out and trying to be your friend and asking for tickets again. Like it's a lot right? for sure. You know, and that's the thing too, is I feel like there's a lot of it, like, especially some of the guys that I work with, they have such good hearts that I feel like they're just kind of inclined to be like, yeah, of course, let's do this or I'll do this or whatever. And it's like, I don't want to be a bad guy, but it's also up to me to be like, Hey, you don't have to do that. Like, is this somebody that you like, like essentially, is this somebody that you would think that would even talk to you if you weren't in the league? And if the answer is no, then like, stop, because there's going to be people that take advantage of them, especially. And then, like you said, like, even like on our end, like seeing on social media and like, it's a brutal industry sometimes. And the other side of it too, watching, like it's, so easy to like lift other people up and so many people don't but it's also so hard to like see other people and you're like like I remember being in a position where like I didn't wasn't super like sure of where my career path was going and I remember seeing people getting like promotions and getting in this space and doing all this stuff in sports and I remember being like what am I doing and like obviously it worked out great I'm so happy with where I am but it's easy to get discouraged I guess is the right way to say it and like lose faith and like 
I'm super religious and like faith-based. And it was like, I know God has a plan for me and I know that it's coming. And I know that like, at the end of the day, like what's for me, isn't going to pass me, but like, how do I stop the mental side of, like you said, the bad side of people just like talking their shit basically. And then the other side of it, where it's just like, I'm comparing my journey to everybody else's and it's not the same thing at all. So it's like, it's hard for sure. What does it take to be an entrepreneur and how is it changing in our ever evolving business landscape? This is Scott Galloway, host of the Prop G podcast and an entrepreneur myself. Right now, we've got a special three-part series running all about the future of entrepreneurship. We're answering your questions on work-life balance, how to raise capital for your business and more. Because when you're an entrepreneur, it's always important to look ahead at what's to come. So tune in to the Future of Entrepreneurship, a Prop G pod special sponsored by Mercury. You can find it on the Prop G pod feed or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Yeah, I, I, I'd love to kind of just dive in more in you know your relationship with your clients because that's one of the things that I love. And you mentioned it's it. I feel like it really is kind of a family aspect for you. But I'd love to hear how you kind of got your first client, like what that was like, and like how you continue to build your client base, like because again. I just want to make sure I emphasize the people who are listening right now. You literally, you are, I mean, you have like, I think like one person that helps you. Like this is your game. Like this is your business. Like you are an impressive company, but the company is you. (laughs) Yeah, it's me. It's, it's literally just me. I mean, I've gotten a couple interns that I want to help just like really get them, you know, in the industry. Cause a lot of people don't give, you know, younger people girls specifically, but guys, whatever in the industry, like a chance. So I like to share knowledge and like give them experience. But like, as far as all the actual like work goes and client facing stuff, it's all me. Um, but yeah, getting my first client. So I, like I said, I'd worked in the industry specifically in client relations for kind of a while before I started athlete relations. Um, it was like almost seven years, six years, um, in different aspects of it, obviously. Um, but I, I did that for a while and I really just, like I said, kind of built up that Rolodex and tried to figure out the best partnerships and, and ways to, you know, keep progressing. Um, and then in August of, I think it was like 2018 then, cause this will be year three. Um, I was at a point where I was like, you know what, I'm going to try this and like, see if it'll work. And then that Super Bowl. So I talk about this a lot. I'm like Paige Jamakos of the Draft Network is one of my best friends um, inside and outside of the industry. Um, and so she and I went, well, I was going to Atlanta for Super Bowl literally just to be like, I signed a client the week before. It was my first one. It was Shelby. And um, I was like, all right, well, I'm going to go and try to like tackle Super Bowl week with him. I only had like literally a week heads up. So that was like kind of stressful, but we made it work. It was fun. He got some really good stuff done while we were there and he got to go to some of the like fun parties and whatever. Um, And I was with Paige for a while and we just kind of like figured it out. Like she had all of her stuff with the draft draft network starting and my stuff was kind of just like overlapping with Shelby. And I was just like, let's find ways to like, brand athlete relations within this space. And like I said, she gave me so much room to grow within that space too. And like introduced me to so many people and like did so much for me that year alone. I met 
who else was there? I think that was the year that like we met like Prince and Mukamara because she went to college with him. Um, I had already known Jordan Howard was there at that point. I'd been working with him for a little while, but not um, full term at all. Um, so Shelby really that literally the week before that Super Bowl was my first full-time client. And I mean, he gave me a chance, like straight up, like he knew I'd been in the industry for a while, but he was like, what you're doing sounds good. I need a little help with X, Y, and Z. Let's see how it goes. And it's three years later and he's still here. And I, that was literally his wife was just texting me and, um, I love them. I mean, I'm so close with them. I'm so close with all of our guys and their wives and girlfriends and whoever, um, I mean, literally my wedding list, my client list and their wives and girlfriends is bigger than my friend list at this point. Like, and it's not just because it's the right thing to do. Like I'm so, I can't imagine not inviting them to be part of that because it's like, they are family. Like my parents, like, well, like I'll literally be on the phone with a client, be at my parents' house. My mom be like, Hey, she'll she'll say hi. Like it's totally embedded. I think I've talked to you guys, uh, maybe I talked to you about this before, but um, we like bring, like if I'm in Chicago for Christmas or something and I have a client on the bears that like can't go home because it's too quick of a turnaround with the practice schedule. Like we bring them to Christmas. Like we're straight up embedded in their lives. That's cool. Yeah. I've also got the cute things like the Shelby's daughter. We, we do a lot with like kids toys and stuff for her. And his wife sent me a video the other day of her and she's like, thank you, Allie. Like, she's so cute. But like, she even is like, she knows who I am. I mean, I've only been around her once because of COVID, I haven't seen them in over a year, but like, we'll talk on the phone and I'll hear her in the background, like again, fully embedded in their lives. How, how was this navigating COVID? I mean, this is just like a whole new world because you are so hands-on and, and helping everyone plan their lives. And, and I just remember, I mean, the world stopped for everyone, but I think that I can imagine when it's your responsibility to be like literally embedded in someone's life and it just stops, like that must have been just a crazy moment in time for you. <laughs> yeah. I think that everybody was like looking to someone for answers. Right. And it was like, I know a lot of people like turned to me being like, what are we going to do? And I was like, I don't know, like straight up, like it's definitely something that was a learning experience. I think for everybody, as far as the business side goes. Um, and, you know, I think that it was just a matter of like, for me, it was scary because it was like the guys potentially weren't going to get paid. If there wasn't a season, they wouldn't have gotten paid. So like, if that's not going to happen, like I'm not going to get paid. Right. So if there's like, I'm, I'm like, could potentially have gone under. So like, that was scary. I just like, honestly prayed about it and like, just kept my faith with it. And I was like, it's not going to happen. Like we're going to keep going. And it honestly was just a matter of, it was almost like handholding, like, let's just get to the next place. Okay. So like first it started, okay, let's just get to a seat. Let's just get to workouts or like camp at this point. Okay. There's no camp. We didn't get there. Let's try the next thing. Okay. Now let's get to the preseason. There's no preseason. Okay. Let's get to the season. Okay. We had a season. We have a win. Okay. Like it was just like getting those little tiny like steps and then finally being like, okay, we have a, we have a season. We have a Super Bowl. Obviously it's not the same thing as far as the rest of it. So like, now, how do we shift that? How do we do like a virtual, like radio row, Super Bowl type situation? And then, okay, now we're starting to get to the other side of like normalcy, hopefully soon with the vaccine. How do we dive back in safely without just being like, Hey, we're going to go to Cancun for three weeks and like, see you later and come back two days later to workouts. Well, your team's not going to let you in because probably realistically you're could pick up COVID who knows. So it's like so many moving pieces with that, that like, it was just baby steps all the time. You're like, we just need to get to the next best, next right thing. Like just one foot in front of the other. I just can't, because again, like you mentioned, I think it's a great point. Like you are such a resource for these guys 
<laughs> and you're kind of, ex you have a lot of answers very often for them. And I just can imagine. Not that one. Right. Like you're like, I got nothing on the, pa on the pandemic front. I can't lie. Um, no I, I, I kind of wanted to like touch on something too, that you mentioned as well. Cause I, when I work with guys in, in my marketing capacity, um, in the sponsorships world, which I know again, like I talk about that, uh, a decent amount now at this point, y'all know that I have a nine to five. <laughs> um, yep. But I always, I always mention to them, I, you know, I say, especially the new guys, it's really important to not align yourself with a brand that you don't believe in. Like you're, you are going to get thrown things and opportunities or, you know, events or whatever else, just because of the nature of like you are in now high profile. Right. And so it's really important to be selective about, does this actually make sense for me to be involved in? Will this bring something to me? Is it a true partnership, et cetera, et cetera. But you also mentioned life after football. And that's another thing that is top of mind for me whenever I talk about athletes and working with them. I think it's a fine line at the same time because, you know, a lot of people like Jalen Smith catches a lot of heat because he is very active in his business ventures while he is still actively playing. And when his performance on the field goes down, people are very honed in on the fact that he posted on Twitter or LinkedIn about his sunglasses line, right? So all of that aside though, I mean, I'd love to get your thoughts on like how you help in your philosophy on not just guys and how they're playing now, but like life after football. And if there's any suggestions or things that you've been doing to help set them up for success post NFL. Yeah, it's, it's a good point, right? Because there's like, I remember I was working on the branding side with Lexus before I started Athlete Relations. And I was helping with the contracts because I was noticing that like they would be negotiating with some, it was mostly MLB guys at that point, but they would be negotiating and it would be like one post scheduled during World Series week if it was the Dodgers, whatever it was. And you can't post during the World Series week as far as branding stuff goes. Yeah. Um, at least you couldn't then. I have no idea if you can now. I don't work in that space anymore. But at the time, you couldn't. You couldn't do any um, branded or sponsored or whatever post during World Series time. And they're about to sign these contracts. And it's like, okay, so you're going to about to miss out on like a lot of money because this post can't go up. So it's like, it's really just about like one have a team that knows what they're doing and not just in the sense of like, oh, I can get you money. Okay. But like, that's a perfect example. Like, yes, they might've negotiated the contract for $50,000 or a hundred thousand dollars or whatever it may be. But if you can't get that post up during that week that they asked you to, you're right. not getting that $50,000 or a hundred thousand dollars or whatever it is. So it's really just a matter of like knowing who you're working with and making sure that it's the right people. Um, and on top of that, I would say like the second part to that answer is like, what are your passions? Like if you're going to, like, I have a client that I used to work with, um, that would post and it was like, there was nothing I could do. Like it was so far out of my hands at that point. And he was just so far down this like rabbit hole and didn't really want to change it to be honest, which is fine. Yeah. Any company that reached out, he would say yes to. Oh, I understand God. why I get it. Right. So if every single company in the world offered you a thousand dollars for an Instagram post. You're going to get a lot of money, right? Like that's just like simple math. So instead you could do, let's say 10 companies in a certain situation, right. Or an exclusive partnership with, let's say a drink company or I don't know, workout equipment or something like that. And you kind of hone in on like, this is what matters to me. This is what I like posting about. This is what I do, oh, whatever. Your value is going so much higher. And I don't even do strict marketing. And like, I know that like 
that makes sense. So like saying yes to everything is not the answer, no matter how many dollar signs you're seeing, because I promise you saying no to something, saying yes to the right things. Perfect example is we say no a lot to like a couple of our guys get a lot of like speaking opportunities. I mean, they can't, they literally can't do all of them. Like, so that's just like first and foremost. So instead we don't do 10 thousand dollar speaking opportunities but we got one yesterday that was one for five thousand and it's half the time as the other ones and so i said you're using half the time you're getting your voice out to double the amount of people it's about a cause that you actually care about so it's not going to sound forced and fake and then more people are going to see that and be like shit he was really good at talking about that stuff we want to book him now and now your minimum's five thousand not a thousand yep no i totally agree because again like it's a matter of you check the box like in alignment wise, but also I love the fact that it's, it's you, when I'm building a partnership, I don't just want you to post one thing. Like I want it to make sense. Like I want this to be a natural integration and I want to go deep with you. Like I make a story, right? Like have a story with it. Not just like one post and this is it an integration. Like you said, a hundred percent. Like, and it resonates more with your audience too. Like they, they get it because they believe you because you mean it, you know, you're not just like, Oh, well, X, Y, Z, energy company decided to pay me to hold this bottle up while I get off the field, you know, like, like, what is that? And and so, yes, I love that. And I also think it's so important now for players to be open if they are trying to leverage what they've done in the NFL when they're done, or if whatever league they're in leverage their profile, once they're done with the game, it's to be at least like semi-active in the things that you care about now, like identify what you care about and then be active in them because it's very difficult if you are super closed off and you don't talk to anyone and it's you, you are just, you are head, you know, in football, which is great. You should be, but also like if you are not interested in interacting with anyone else. And then once you retire, suddenly you're everyone's best friend, unless you were the number one superstar on the field, people are going to probably throw you the middle finger and be like, Hey man, you didn't care about me two years ago, but now you like me now. Right. And it's also like a matter of, like you said, the passion, right? It doesn't even have to be these branding opportunities. Like one of our guys is very interested in broadcasting after he's done playing. So like interviews forever. I mean, that's free. It's just your time. And you're basically solidifying yourself a job after football. I mean, that's a no brainer. All you have to do is go and talk to them like every once in a while for 10 minutes. Like, why would you not? So like setting up things like that, that'll just, again, help with those relationships, like you said. Um, and making sure that they know, like, there's a reason you're doing this and this is why, um, I I mean, I personally think that that goes so much farther. And I mean, the proof is in the pudding kind of thing. Like you see the guys that are getting, I mean, look at these guys that have like using the broadcasting thing, broadcasting jobs afterwards that like maybe weren't that big of a name when they were actually playing. That's why they have it. Like they don't have it by accident. They don't have these jobs now because somebody handed it to them. They did the right steps to get there. And again, there's obviously some that were just like such big name leagues or big name guys in the league that it's like, of course, they're going to get a job like that afterwards. But the ones that aren't like, that's not an accident. They worked to get that. Yeah, hundred percent. No, I could, I could preach on that for so long. Cause I'm just like so passionate about it. Um, yep. But I know our time is limited with you, but I wanted to kind of get a couple more things. I'd love to hear just because again, the nature of what you do and just, in general, this industry is wild. Do you have any like fun or crazy stories that like you could, that are, you are able to share? (laughs) That's the second half of that question is the tricky part. I know it's like, or even just like a circumstance, because I just feel like it, 
I laugh constantly whenever I talk about like what I do, like on the surface, it just looks so put together. And I'm like, no, working in this industry is, is 99% just making sure like problem solving. And so the out, the external consumer thinks that everything is picture perfect, but on the back end, you're like, whoa, what it took to get there. (laughs) Yeah, no, it for sure is. And like, honestly, like, I mean, most of my like client stories, like I can't really talk about because they're all super personal, but it's like, there's so many stories that I can like sit here and talk about where it's like, you know, I did X, Y, and Z, like on my way to, you know, my first client meeting or whatever this may be, but um, that my, one of my funniest stories. So I think I, I mentioned earlier that Shelby and I started working together, like just days before Super Bowl, And I set up like a full radio row day for him, like pulled it out of my, I don't even know how that happened. That's impressive. So, so we had met virtually at that point, And this wasn't even COVID. We had just like, it was so soon that I was like, let's just jump on a call and I'll literally meet you in Atlanta. Yeah. And he was like, okay, sounds good. So we got hired on, he signed the contract and within a week we were in Atlanta. So I got there a day or two days earlier than he did, worked with Paige for a day and then he and I were gonna meet the next day. So I obviously knew what he looked like. He knew what I looked like. We're meeting literally at Radio Row. Like I have his credentials, I have everything ready to go. He's late as hell, which Shelby always is. God love him. But like, I have learned now, obviously, to like tell him things are scheduled 35 minutes before they actually are. But at the time, I didn't know that. So I told him like, hey, your interview's at 11. Let's meet at 1045 in the lobby. Well, that didn't happen. So anyway, he walks in. It's like 1130. He's like way late. He's like, sorry, I, whatever the excuse was and everything. And he's like, sorry, 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 whatever. And we're walking we're walking into, and I should also preference this. I met Shelby through a mutual friend. So the mutual friend was like, you guys will be great together. You'll love each other. It'll be great. No problem. So anyway, we're walking into the thing and he stops. And I don't know if you guys have been to Super Bowl Radio Row. It's, I'd say like 75% radio. So you're not going to be on camera. 25% is like on camera, but that's all the big stuff, which I didn't have for him because again, we just scheduled this like three days before then. So we're walking in, he stops. He's like dead in the middle of the thing. He's like, oh my God. Do you have any lotion? I'm like, <laughs> what? And he's like, really ashy. And I just realized it. And I'm like, well, you're only going to be on the radio and stuff. And he was like, needed it. And like, luckily, like when I travel for Super Bowl, I have like full like wedding kit with me. Like I'm like lotion, Tic Tacs, floss, like toothbrush, toothpaste, like you name it, I've got it. So I did happen to have it. So he texted, I didn't know this, but I got this text from my friend, our mutual friend that night and was like, what the hell did you do earlier? I'm like, what do you mean? He's like, Shelby won't stop preaching about you. And I'm like, I gave him lotion. And he was like, oh my God. It was like, you would have thought that I handed him a thousand dollars and was like, here you go. Yeah, I've got that. Lotion was the thing. And that's literally the first experience that I had with Shelby Harris. I <laughs> I love that so much. But again, it just like speaks to like how like, I really do feel like, prepared. yeah, like being prepared, but also finding like the people that you know you can lean on in this industry yeah. who are genuine and real. And like, you just, you just need to find your partners in crime. It's um, just fun. Like you have to have those relationships with them. And like, obviously now it's just, like I said, we've gotten so close with them. Like after we went to Denver last year for Shelby's last game um, of the 2019 season, um, we all went out afterwards and we had like drinks and whatever. And like, we had so much fun and it was just like, it's like hanging out with your friends now. It's not even like, I mean, obviously when we're working, it's business. And then afterwards it's like, all right, let's go have fun. Steph was there. My fiance was there. Like, it was just so much fun to be able to actually hang out with them. And like, I have stories for days now about like all of the fun stuff that we've all done, but it's like, 
it, it just like, you have to start somewhere. And if you can break the ice by doing something funny, like asking for lotion and like making it the funniest thing, like it, you're just going to like always have a good relationship with people. You just have to treat them like human beings. Yeah. So what's next for athlete relations then? We'll see. Um, I'm just, I honestly, like we didn't have a ton of like actual client growth in 2020, just with COVID and everything. Like I said, I think people were more worried about their like contracts and everything, which rightfully so. Um, so I'm hoping that we just get back on track this year, get a couple of new guys signed on or girls. I would love to work with more women in sports. Um, and just, and we have to close the fucking pay gap first, right? Like this is absurd. Like, like this, like I can't work with women if women aren't getting paid. So let's start with that. Um, but yeah, just signing some new guys on or new girls on and hoping that we can help them. Like at the end of the day, I started athlete relations because I wanted to try to help, um, people whether it was, like I said, women athlete or men, um, to make sure that they had the right tools in their belt, right. To make sure that they're getting the most help and the most support and that they're staying on track and that they're, you know, going to be where they need to be when their sport is over and they're done playing. Um, so at the end of the day, like I said, if I can just sign some more people and hopefully get them to help and everything, sorry, my dog, just <laughs> um, like a bull. Um, if I can just get some more people to help and keep working with them and like do some fun stuff, right. We've got an engagement coming up, which will be fun. We've got some really fun ideas, um, for some, obviously, um, events after COVID is over and football camps and things like that. So at this point, I'm just giving myself grace to say like, we made it through hopefully the rest of COVID and, um, just keep growing in that space. And we'll see where that takes us. I love that. Okay. So tell people where they can find you because, you have, I mean, you know, you have your own like personal handles, but also like the athlete relations in general, I think is so fun to follow along with like who your guys are, or who your clients are, and, like what they're doing and all that jazz and their families and all that too. Yeah. We post a lot about all the stuff that we get to do with them too, which is like a cool, you know, little glimpse inside their lives that maybe they're not always posting about. Yeah. Um, so anyway, uh, athlete relations on, pilot. sorry, <laughs> the joys of working from home. Pilot's um, a really cute rescue pit bull dog, and um, we just got Grace with her present. So <laughs> she's a little brat. She said, "She said workday's done, guys. It's five forty-five. <laughs> um, anyway, you will see her all over my Instagram. It's ridiculous. And same thing on Twitter. Um, you can just look me up, Allie Reddig. And then Athlete Relations is Athlete Relations on Instagram and Twitter. And then our website is athleterelations.com, and that kind of gives a little bit more about the business side of all of that. Cool. Awesome. Well, um, cheers to you, obviously just thriving in 2020, but also I have a good feeling about 2021 and new clientele and all that. And you know, we'll throw people your way because you're a badass and, uh, you you know, you deserve it. Thank you guys. Thanks. She says goodbye. (laughs) Allie, thanks for joining us. We'll talk to you next time. Thank Thank you. Bye. Go. That was ridiculously awesome. <laughs> I just need you guys to know. Uh, I got the outro. I have something. It's low hanging fruit, but I think you'll enjoy it. And I was like, and I did enjoy it. it, it yeah, it was the first thing that came to my head. If I had more time, maybe I could, you know, get more creative, but that's what I had for you. I wonder if your brain is like physically bigger than mine because you are so, um, quick on your feet and like creative in that regard. Like I am smart, but man, your mind is impressive. I unfortunately couldn't unmute myself, but I really wanted to like see if she had a comparison to 
um, Devil Wears Prada, where she has to do that whole where Miranda Priestly is trying to fire her and she like has to go find the like manuscript for the Harry Potter book. Like that was like going through my head the entire time. <laughs> like well, all the weird things that you have to do to make something happen. Like I was like, did you ever have to get like a manuscript for Harry Potter? Like things I need to know. Yeah. I just feel like we're going to meet up in New Orleans, all three of us, and we're going to have some fun wine nights. And while we probably won't be able to share some of the stories, like at least we will get them. <laughs> Selfishly, I want to know. Yeah. I want to get stories and keep them to myself. <laughs> um, all right, guys. Well, thank you guys so much for joining us again for another episode of Girls Talking Boys. We really do appreciate your support. Make sure you subscribe to the Blog and the Boys podcast feed wherever you get your podcasts, whether that's Apple, Spotify, iTunes, or Stitcher. We're also on YouTube. You can find us there. Make sure and follow Allie. Um, I know she mentioned she's at Athlete Relations and then also Ridiculous. And um, yeah, but something that is really important that, you know, no matter the season, no matter the day, we want to make sure you remember through and through. Um, I believe the one and only Megan Murray has something to, to tell each and every one of you. Dallas forever, Philly for never, carry this energy. Let's go through the weekend. Birds are simply not real. Goodbye. Not. Never seen a bird in my life. A real, at least. What does it take to be an entrepreneur and how is it changing in our ever-evolving business landscape? This is Scott Galloway, host of the Prop G Podcast and an entrepreneur myself. Right now, we've got a special three-part series running all about the future of entrepreneurship. We're answering your questions on work-life balance, how to raise capital for your business and more. Because when you're an entrepreneur, it's always important to look ahead at what's to come. So tune in to the future of entrepreneurship of Prop G Pod, special sponsored by Mercury. You can find it on the Prop G pod feed or wherever you get your podcasts.